I'm Brian Naylor. I'm joined on the line by Mike Rifo. In today's podcast, we're going to be recapping the Week 7 NFL slate. How's it going, man? Doing well, doing well. Hate to see a uh, see a weekend end, but on to, on to Monday tomorrow. Yeah, it's never great. The Sunday to Monday transition is the worst of all the transitions. Okay, so let's, let's start with Thursday's game. Thursday was the Giants at Philly. Philly was minus four and a half. We both had Philly, and that is a loser. Philly was down 21 to 10 to the Giants with six minutes left in the fourth, and Wentz led two late touchdown drives um, to, to go up and to win, I believe, by two. So we did not cover that. Uh, any thoughts on the game? No, but I can't believe that Philly's going to probably be coming out of the nfc east so just nuts it's, it's unbelievable it you, really you, is I, they, they, it's the first time i mean we'll get through the dallas washington game but i think it's the first time in nfl history that through seven weeks uh no team in a division has ever had zero uh teams that have three wins it's the first time in nfl history and yeah. <laughs> nfc east does not have a team that has three wins or more it's, it's you, just nuts. You said it last week that they might be the worst division ever. And I thought that was just kind of an off the cuff comment. And then like 30 seconds of processing it while you were talking about your pick. I was like, no, he's probably right. They're probably <laughs> the worst division ever. <laughs> uh, they're they're going to put a team in the playoffs with like seven wins. So I'm looking yeah. at it now. So according to 538, the Cowboys are projected to go five and 11. Washington is also projected to go five and 11. And the Eagles are projected to go seven and eight. So they're projecting, according to 538's model, that a seven win team is going to make the playoffs for the NFC East and have a home field advantage for that game. And they're giving them a 64% chance of making the playoffs at this point. So that, that's indicative of how terrible the Cowboys are. The Cowboys are so terrible. We'll get into it in a little bit, but yeah. they're so, so terrible. That's all I have in this game. Yeah, move on. I mean, it, it was Thursday. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, next game on the slate, we have Buffalo at the New York Jets. This line was minus 12. There were no offensive touchdowns scored by Buffalo in this game. They hit six field goals. They attempted eight of them, and they go on to win 18-10, but that does not cover the 12. We both had Buffalo, and I believe they were your best bet. Defenders. Yeah, uh, I, I just... <laughs> Who kicks eight field goals? <laughs> um but I mean, they come out through for the win uh, against a Jets team that I actually didn't didn't think played horrible. Yeah, they uh, really didn't. Darnold came back, so that was a. I, I was I was kind of shocked. This the, the line moved. It kept moving down <laughs> the entire time. So um, I I I think I still got them at like ten or ten and a half when I actually put my bet in there. But it closed I think at nine and a half and. Um, yeah, it was, uh, to me, it was kind of shocking. Yeah, nothing else to report. Darnold looked pretty good in his return, or at least a lot better than Flacco. And uh, the field goal kicker, Tyler Bass, got some extra work today. All right, on to the next game. Pittsburgh at Tennessee. This game was kind of a shootout. Steelers led 27-7 to with 10.5 minutes left in the third, and then the 
the Titans scored the last 17 points, um, but they go on to lose uh, by a score of 27 to 24 for the Steelers. That covers the Tennessee minus one and a half. And both of us had Pittsburgh. And this also was one of your best bets. Yeah, Steelers had uh, a pretty nice lead out. And then in the second half, they just threw up on themselves. Uh, I saw one of the interceptions Roethlisberger threw in the end zone. It would have put them up. I think yeah, by the juju by, by like 10. Uh, I, I was shocked he threw that ball in that tight of a window. I mean, it looked like he had maybe three Titans players right there. So I was shocked. He, he had three interceptions. Just you can't do that against a, a team like Tennessee, in my opinion. But they came out. They covered. Um, I I was feeling really good about it in the first uh, first half. And then the second half happened. And I was kind of twiddling my thumbs. But uh uh, Pittsburgh holds holds on. Yeah, it took the Titans a while to get going, and the Steelers jumped out. I, I know the play you're talking about. He threw the juju in the middle of the end zone, and he was like triple cover. That was a trust your wide receiver type of throw. But yeah, it looked uh, it looked a little dicey. Nothing else from this game. You have anything else? No, I mean uh, I said it last week. I, I think the Steelers are actually probably the they might be the second best team in the NFL behind KC. But they should win their division, even with Baltimore in there. I think I think they're a better team than Baltimore is. But we'll, we'll see how how they uh, progress. I think they do have Baltimore this come, upcoming week, so that'll be a headlining game, I'm sure, for the NFL. Yeah. So the Steelers are six and zero. Five thirty eight forecasting model has them at thirteen and three. So they actually give them a fifty four percent chance of winning the division and a thirty one percent chance of a first round bye. Uh, and then they have the Ravens right after them at 12 and four with a 40% chance to win the division. So yeah, the Vegas and this model are with you. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I've been continuously looking at uh, the Steelers as far as winning their division. It just hasn't gotten up to a, to a, a, a number where I, I would actually put money on it. I, if they lose this weekend uh, to Baltimore, I may take a look at it at that point because I bet their their odds would go you know go up, uh, but uh, we'll see. I, I actually I like Pittsburgh next week against Baltimore, but uh, I think Baltimore is coming off of a a bye this week, so they do have an extra time to prepare. All right, on to the next game. Uh, we have Dallas at Washington. This line was minus one and a half when we bet it for Dallas. We both took Dallas. I actually had them as a best bet, and I will never again put them as a best bet unless I'm betting against them. They get throttled in this game with the final score being 25 to three. Dalton went down on a questionable tackle inside the 20 by linebacker John Bostic. It was, was a dirty uh, It was a yeah. dirty hit. I mean, and he, that, and I'm, he was ejected. I know I'm Dallas. Yeah, but I mean, that was a dirty hit. Uh, it was. I, I, I would... I'd be shocked if anyone on the Washington side would defend the hit too. I mean, it was just, it was a, it was a, it was a punk move in my opinion, but go ahead. Yeah. So Dalton went out with a concussion. Ben DiNucci, third stringer yeah. came in to replace him two for three, nothing big. And I, I found an interesting tweet from Tristan H. Cockeroff from ESPN that the Cowboys defense for fantasy has minus nine fantasy points through seven games. That's the fewest of any defense through that many games to start a season since 1940, exceeding the 2019 Dolphins minus eight score. Anything else about your favorite team in the world? Uh, I just uh, it's it's demoralizing at this point. You're just gonna I'm just gonna have to swallow my pride and and they they may be. <laughs> 
besides besides New York, they they're probably the worst team in that division, and probably you got to put them up there in top five worst teams in the NFL. I think right now, as far as how they're playing, I mean to get blown out by a Washington team that you know hasn't really uh, this football season, but they came to play. They understood that hey, they are definitely in this division race, and Dallas. <laughs> Dallas allowed six sacks in this game. Granted, I think Washington's uh, defensive line is is uh, one of the better uh, units in the in the league. But and I, I don't know. I, I'm done. I'm done making excuses for this Dallas team. Uh, I, I'm shocked that they just don't play with any kind of pride or any sort of heart or anything you want to you want to put it in there. It's just it's demoralizing as a fan of them and. Uh, can you put a coach on a hot seat after seven weeks because they just don't come up to, and have a good game plan? It's a second week. Granted, they're not playing with Dak. And I mean, they've been lighting up the scoreboards uh, before he went down. But I, I just feel like there's a lot of talent on that team, especially on the offensive side. I guess you can't really say that on the defensive side. You just. It, no, you just, can't. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at a lot of these stats and just blown away that this game was actually uh, closer than uh, it, it was. Uh, but it is. All right, on to the next game. We have Detroit at Atlanta. This game was minus two to Atlanta. We both took Detroit, and I was all over this. Uh, I think the money line was the right play. Detroit wins outright 23-22. Uh, last week I said to take the money line in this, the Pittsburgh game, and the San Francisco game. And all three of those money lines hit. So for Detroit, I mean, it was a little bit of a hodgepodge here, but uh, Stafford throws a touchdown with three seconds on the clock is when the play started. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threw an 11-yard touchdown to their tight end, TJ Hawkinson. And when he caught it, no time on the clock. I think there was a penalty that pushed the extra point back, but either way they get it, they win by one. I don't have high hopes for this Atlanta team, and I, I knew Detroit could score. I'm surprised this game was as low as it was. Um, the I think the over-under was at 54. I actually bet the over as part of a single-game parlay, uh, and it comes in at 45. But regardless, if you took the if you took my advice to take the money line last week or you just bet Detroit, you're winners, and both of us took Detroit. Just two games where they, they literally shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, actually, three if you count the Chicago yeah. game, too. Yeah, it's three games. Um, uh, the next game on the docket, we have Kansas City at Denver. The Kansas City was favored by nine and a half. It was one of my best bets. You also took Kansas City in this game. And uh, Kansas City went on to slaughter. Uh, Kansas City wins 43-16. It was surprisingly the offense for KC, you hear 43 points. You think that they they rolled it up. They really didn't. They passed for 185 yards, and they ran for 101. Really what it was was turnovers. Melvin Gordon lost two fumbles, locked through two picks, and one of them went for a 50-yard interception return the other way for KC. And Byron Pringle had the 102-yard kickoff return, which is the longest play for the NFL this year. So all the special teams defense came out to play, and the offense did enough to – put it behind him and this one this one really was never close yeah i mean when we talked about this last week uh, i wasn't gonna put any money on it because i just thought that it was a lot of points but denver just couldn't keep up with them uh (laughs) and i'm shocked that melvin gordon actually because of the dui situation i don't know if uh, i haven't heard too much of that since uh i think it was last week but 
shocked that he was even out there. But did you see the pitch back he gave back to um, Locke? Uh, they tried to do a uh, flea flicker. Flea flicker. Oh, it was so bad. It was, <laughs> it was just like right when it left, he like puts his hands on his head. He's like, "Oh God, that was terrible." <laughs> so it was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was just yeah. That, <laughs> but uh, they just didn't have. They just didn't. They don't have the offense to keep up with the KC. So. Yeah, and that's not a surprise really to anybody. That reminded me a little bit of your boy uh, Ben DiNucci from the Cowboys. They they're like, oh, and Ben DiNucci's coming into the game. He was a former JMU quarterback. Here's his first play, and he pitches to Zeke, throws it behind Zeke, and it ends up being a fumble. Yeah. Zeke fell on it, but it was a loss of like seven yards right off the bat. Uh, next game on the docket was Tampa Bay at Las Vegas. So this game was all over the place. Originally, we we both uh, Tampa Bay is favored by four and a half when we made the bet. So originally, we were both on the Raiders side of this. And then when we did the preview for the week, there was there was some news that one of the offensive linemen had tested positive and they had sent the rest of the offensive linemen home for five days um, to quarantine. So the test came out early this morning that none of them had COVID. So they were all going to be playing, but we were both in sort of agreement last week that listen, if you're losing your whole offensive line for the, you know, all the game planning and everything for the week and the conditioning, we're going to go on Tampa Bay side. If this game even happens, Um, the game ended up happening. Tampa Bay slaughtered Tampa Bay wins 45 to 20. We both had Tampa Bay. This was also the first game since week one that Godwin, Evans, Jones, and Fournette were all on the field at the same time. Tom Brady goes for four TDs. They look like a top five team in the NFL. Their offense is finally playing well. But I don't know about top. They're definitely top five in the NFC. Top five NFL. We'll see. Uh, but they are they're, they are finding their stride, it, it looks like. Uh, I, I don't have much on this. Like you said, it was kind of a slaughter. Las Vegas actually kept it semi-close for a little bit there but then tampa bay just turned it on um so according to 538's predictive model uh, and obviously this is kind of just an objective third opinion but they rank the teams in the nfl and this is based off overall talent not the schedule you're facing necessarily but they go chiefs ravens bucks steelers seahawks packers those are the top six so 538 ranks the Bucks as the third best team in the NFL. On to the next game, we have Carolina at New Orleans. This game was great. Uh, we were both on the losing side of this. We both we both had Carolina early last week, and then we I think we both flip flopped in New Orleans because we started thinking about Drew Brees with a week off coming off of a bye. You know, Teddy Bridgewater used to be the backup to Drew Brees, and the entire team and coaching staff has film and knowledge of being around him for a number of years to be able to scout him. We just kind of talked about that we thought the idea of having a team know what a player's weaknesses is is probably a better point than a single player knowing some of the, you know, the tendencies of a coach. New Orleans shut down the Panthers run game. The Carolina ran 14 times for 37 yards. So they did everything in the air. I think really the turning point play that I saw at least was Breeze dove over the goal line with the ball. I'm not sure if you saw this play or not, yeah. but I swear two inches maybe of the ball crossed the plane and then it was punched out by a Panthers defender. And then somebody, one of the DBs ran and grabbed it and just took off and they, they blew the play dead and it ultimately ended up being a touchdown, but that would have been a touchdown the other way for the Panthers. That's basically a 14 point swing, but it went New Orleans fashion or New Orleans way. Uh, we did not cover in this bet because New Orleans goes on to win by three. Any other observations from the game? No, not really. I mean, Saint, Saints ran what, like 
24 more plays than Carolina. Outgained them 283 to 415. They only win by three. Uh, Time of possession was almost had the ball 10 more minutes uh, than Carolina. So nothing nothing too crazy on here. Saints had a lot of penalties, but um, yeah, for the most part, like you said, it was a really good game to watch, fun to watch. So, and I believe I don't believe Thomas played this game, right? No, no. Yeah, and I mean, and I think Kamara had a, a a pretty nice stat line. I need to double check on that because that was yeah, the Kam- one thing I did want to. Uh, Kamara went for eight eight receptions, sixty five yards, no touchdowns receiving, and then he had fourteen carries for eighty three yards. So he kind of for one hundred and fifty yards total from scrimmage. Yeah, and I mean, it, and that was one of the points that I I made last week was that running backs, uh, Carolina really has trouble defending them whether it's rushing or out of the uh out of the backfield uh receiving balls so it showed a little bit but uh saints did it just enough to to win not to cover not to cover next game on the docket we have green bay at houston green bay was favored by three and a half i jumped on green bay it was the best bet for me for the week you had houston on this game uh the packers end up going going on to win it was actually an end-to-end victory for the Packers they went 35-20 Houston never led Rodgers throws for four touchdowns Devontae Adams had 13 receptions 196 yards receiving two touchdowns and Jamal Williams who came in for Aaron Jones who was a a late scratch early this morning rushed 19 times for 77 yards and TD so he did well in that spot uh kind of the great game script I sort of thought it was going to be you know, uh, I thought last week was was you had talked about it a little bit about how Green Bay sort of quit against Tampa Bay last week after Rodgers more or less threw two pick sixes. And I, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I thought this was going to be a bounce back game. I didn't really think that's who they were. I thought it was more about Tampa Bay playing well than, you know, the Packers playing poorly, at least initially. So this goes on to kind of where I thought it would be. Any, yeah. any other observations? No, I mean, to. to- Go off of that. I mean, I was more on Houston because I thought they played really well against Tennessee. But what I really should have thought about is that kind of a loss can kind of demoralize you, you as a team. Should have really looked at that side of it and and uh, and just realized that yeah, they came off a tough loss. Now they're playing a Green Bay team that didn't play well. They would have something to prove. Um, that narrative probably should have been more in my mindset. But, yeah, no, that's about it. Next game on the docket, we have Cleveland at Cincinnati. The line was Cleveland minus three. We both had the Browns here. The Browns go on to win, but they do not cover, winning only by three. So line was three and a half. Yeah, you know what was crap about that, though? A lot of things. No, <laughs> they... Uh... They they missed an extra point, the donk. I mean, it would have put us up by four, and we would have been fine. But, I mean, it's no best bet, so it's just... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, since he had the lead the entire game, the, fir- the first lead Cleveland took was, like, with 10 minutes left in the fourth. They did lose OBJ on a sort of scrambling play, and Baker scored the final touchdown with 11 seconds left on the clock. So it was sort of a scrambling effort by Cleveland. No, nothing super shocking from this game. Burrow is going to keep this Cincinnati team in a lot of games late. I, I think I'm going to be very worried about a lot. Of, if if lines are in the like eight ballpark, if, if some of these other teams, these good teams that go against, I think he's so good for these these late rallies. You know, he went up 21-0 against the Colts last week to start, and then the Colts clawed back of one. I just think the Cincinnati's going to fight in a lot of these games. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I 
just a weird game for the most part. Uh, Baker Mayfield uh, had five TDs, almost 300 yards, but Burrow, three TDs, 406 yards. Again, asks uh, to throw the ball 47 times. They really just need they just need him to get some help uh, as far as uh, rushing the ball. Uh, what was the other thing I want to see? Oh, how many sacks? Yeah, Cincinnati had four sacks for 35 yards. So it, it just keeps going. I mean, Burrow, man, he, he's fun to watch. Uh, they just need to, they need to find uh, some uh, some guys to protect them, and when they do, Cincinnati could be a good team in the next couple of years. Next game on the docket, we have San Francisco at New England. The line here was New England minus two and a half. Uh, this was one of the games last week I said that I, I like a lot of these money lines uh, under three, so I took San Francisco's money line, and San Francisco goes on to throttle uh, the Patriots 33-6. to six. Uh, Jimmy throws two picks, no touchdowns, and they still go on to win 33-6. to six. Uh, Jeff Wilson, the running back, rushed 17 times for 112 yards and three touchdowns. To me, this was more about the Patriots looking bad than the Niners looking good. I I think the Patriots are in a tailspin. I don't know if Cam's right. This is another point we made about players that are heavily relied on the offense, whether it be wide receiver, running back, quarterback, coming back and from COVID and playing. Newton went nine for 15 with three picks. Some of the some of the passes he had, he only had six incompletions here because he only threw 15 times. But some of them were really off, like dropping six yards short of the wide receiver in the dirt when he's wide open and not being overly rushed, kind of off. They put in Jarrett Stidham, and he threw 10 passes, but he didn't do much better. He threw a pick, too. Any other opinions on this game? No. Uh, it's slightly shocking that uh, New England, that's, two games in a row where they just they just come out looking like a looking like a bad team um so it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens in the next couple weeks do they go completely away from newton Uh, i don't i don't know how you would do that but this might already be a lost season for them yeah it is it is worth noting the patriots are two and four and the buccaneers are five and two if anybody's tracking the who made new england great whether it was belichick or it was uh, Brady. It looks like Brady has the early lead on that this year. Well, um, well, <laughs> I know Brady's I know, got a bunch of weapons. Let's, so. <laughs> let's just say what everybody's thinking. Belichick's completely overrated. <laughs> uh, no, I'm joking. Um, all right, on to the next game and and the last game. We have Jacksonville at uh, the Chargers. Chargers were favored by seven and a half. I thought this bet looked so good for Jacksonville early, and then the third quarter happened. And everybody started scoring points, but Chargers are doing it faster than the Jags. Herbert goes for 27 out of 43 for 347 yards and three touchdowns. Keenan Allen caught a million balls, 10 catches for 125. Chargers went out to a 16-0 lead. Then the Jack Jags scored three straight touchdowns. And then the Chargers outscored them to the end of the game, 23 to 8 to finish the game. And there were 35 total points in the third quarter. You know, this was kind of the Minshew's going to show signs of life, but ultimately a, a better team's going to prevail because they just don't have the weapons in Jacksonville, which is why at the beginning of the year I bet them for the under four and a half wins, and they are on that pace at a one and six record. You have any any takeaways from this? Herbert rushed nine times for sixty eight yards, by the way. So yeah, he might be he might be the leading candidate for rookie of the year. Yeah, that'd actually be an interesting thing to peek at. Is a uh, rookie of the year. I don't know if they have any of that on 
FanDuel. I, I'll double check. I don't think I. I think I looked. Or no, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. They they may have a rookie of the year. I would be shocked. Why wouldn't they? Um, looking at this game before it started to kick off, I was just like, you know what? I don't know why I thought it, seven and a half was a good uh, a good take for a Chargers team that was at the time one and four. You know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than uh, than good. So I'm skimming the odds right now. A lot of Tua odds, but no, nothing nothing else for player <sighs> props. So I don't see any MVP stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry, um, rookie of the year stuff, or MVP for that matter. Uh, I do want to do a quick check-in. I believe the Seahawks are winning 20-7, to 7, mm. just for the sake of record-keeping. That is one of your best bets. You had Seattle. I, think, I believe I had Seattle as well. So both both of us have that bet looking pretty good right now. Yeah, we both had them at minus three and a half. They're up 14. That's all we have for the week seven recap. And make sure that if you like what you heard today, which you probably didn't, uh, but if you did, uh, hit subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts.